You're listening to The Agile CTO, a podcast geared toward technology professionals, disruptors, and thought leaders. This show will aim to cover industry trends, new technologies, the life of a CTO, building dev culture, stories from some of today's leading CTOs, and so much more. If you're looking for conversations centered around where the industry is going, this podcast is for you. Let's get into the show. Hi guys, welcome to the first episode of the Agile Tester, a segment of the Agile CTO. I'm your host, Clint Hill, and along with my co-host, Ross Kutsia, we hope to unpack various topics on testing, hopefully a, a few bad jokes and maybe some football banter. Ross, how's it going? Really? First episode, you as excited as I am? Yeah, man, very excited. This is new. It's the first episode and a first all together for me, um, but yeah, feeling good. To do it. Awesome, awesome. So, yeah, apart from talking about how poorly your team plays, <laughs> I thought, um, yeah, we'll maybe discuss our journeys into into testing. And, and for those out there that that's not that's not aware of Ross's team, he supports Manchester United. <laughs> so, yeah, poor guy, sorry soul. Um, but yeah, we won't get into that right now. We, I'm sure we'll have lots of episodes. We'll be able to get into that. Yeah, I'm keen to, to, to perhaps chat about like our journeys into testing and how we got into testing, things we, we may have learned along the way, um, things we would have done differently. Um, yeah, uh, so yeah, on your side, Ross, maybe you want to unpack that for us a bit? Yeah, man, I'll try. Um, I guess I'm going on probably my seventh or eighth year now doing this um, and very much focused with just automation in general. Um, and any sort of development that happens, I suppose, within a testing context. So I guess how I got into it was completely by chance. Um, I mean, after I left school, I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do other than, I guess, play guitar and be in a band. So that, that those aspirations basically died as I left school. But, um, one thing I did always enjoy just in general was problem solving and um, programming. So I was never forced to do it. It was just something that I enjoyed doing in my spare time. And then I was fortunate enough to make, I guess, the decision to work as soon as possible. So, and the way I reasoned that was just, I was going to learn a lot more from people than I think going to, to a university straight after school. Um, I mean, subsequently I did, get qualifications and so on and so forth. But for me, it was just to see, you know, what it was all about and um, whether or not it made sense to me to maybe pursue as, as a career. And um, I can say I'm, I'm really pleased that I did. It's, it's challenging at times, um, but it is interesting and it is always different. And I guess the roles that I've sort of had over the years have been sort of starting out, obviously just learning junior kind of interning, you know, doing whatever job I could possibly get. And then from there moving more to, I'd say, you know, team lead, more of like a, a mentorship role, which, which I also really enjoy. Um, yeah, that, that's the nuts and bolts of, of sort of how I got into it. Um, do you want to maybe share how you got into it? You've been doing it for a little longer than I have. Yeah, <laughs> I, find, I find it, I find like the one thing that you mentioned where, and it was, it was something I was going to ask you, um, 
whether or not like testing was a, a conscious decision or whether mm-hmm. it was something that you stumbled into. And and my my journey has I think similarities and I've I've spoken to so many other testers who have similar sort of stories. But yeah, my, I, I've been in testing now for about twelve years. And yeah, initially most of my roles prior to testing were sort of support roles um, at various levels, either application support or, or system support and, and that type of thing. And yeah, through doing system support was where I actually got my first exposure to software development. Prior to that, I knew very little about software development. So I got to work with development teams where I was exposed to developers, testers, um, BAs, Scrum Masters, and those types of concepts. And off the bat, like I could see some similarities between the things I was doing in support um, mm. and what testers were doing. And and like some of the similarities was like sort of investigating issues, which is something I was doing in support, um, exploring applications to get like a better understanding of what I was doing, um, asking questions to understand. So that was speaking to developers, speaking to testers, speaking to uh, business people speaking to BAs, trying to get more information, and yeah, generally just collaborating with people because I needed to speak to these different people from these different environments to try and understand and unpack issues to help problem solve. So a lot of those things I was kind of doing before already, and and when I got exposed to testing, like those were the things that I I, I noticed um, off the bat. So yeah, my 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 journey into testing was kind of like stumbling into it. That was my exposure into it. And yeah, in my case, I, I got given an opportunity after bashing on the doors of uh, um, the leadership teams for the companies I was at, like trying to get into testing. Um, there was a, a two-week window of where one of one of the testers at the time had left the company or, or was about to leave. And there was a two-week window until the next tester was going to start. And they kind of said to me, okay, Clint, can you fill in for two weeks? And I filled in for two weeks and 12 years later, I'm, I'm still in testing. Um, and yeah, it's been an interesting journey. Like I think those things that I, I mentioned, the similarities helped me in being able to adapt very quickly. Um, but yeah, it's been an interesting journey. Yeah, when I again have most of my time has been focused on the functional space. I've got a bit of exposure around automation, but yeah, that, that that's where you come in. You the, the the expert in the in the automation space, um, which is yeah, like from was was automation always the thing that you you wanted to do um, once you got into testing? Like, at what point did you make that decision, or, or at what point, or should or let me rather ask the question: at when you started testing, was it off the bat into automation, or was it like down the functional space and then into automation? What is that like? Sure. So it was basically automation from day one. And I guess the reason for that is because I had a bit of overlap. Um, some of the first jobs that I did was just purely as, as a dev. And then I kind of very quickly, or by chance, I guess, saw automation happening, just seeing a web browser doing stuff on its own. And then that kind of piqued my curiosity to try and figure out what was going on there and and why that would be useful. And um, as time went on, I would say that because I was able to combine dev work with quality, which is what I enjoy, 
um, I guess I enjoy building stuff, but also breaking stuff, right? And and I suppose for you, um, even being in a support role, which is which is sort of unrelated, but if you think about it, those skills definitely help you because you you kind of understand where things go wrong, and you you kind of get an eye and 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 you see okay, this could be improved, maybe this doesn't work so well. So naturally, you kind of get this um, intuition for, for testing. And I just, I don't know, I, I really just enjoyed it from the beginning because I was able to combine kind of both disciplines. Um, and one thing I do enjoy about the job is that there's, there's quite a lot of, um, <laughs> this, this is a pun now, but there's a lot of autonomy over what you do. Um, and you tend to work in, in smaller teams, which, which, which I do enjoy it. I, I'm not against working in big teams and massive teams or anything, but I've sort of enjoyed being able to take responsibility for you know, a particular code base or solution and, and be almost entirely responsible for it with other people and then sort of iterate that solution together, but in a much smaller context. Um, but I suppose that also does come with quite a lot of pressure and you know there's never enough time and there's never enough anything so you, you kind of have to just learn I think when you're in quality to make the best of what you have right I think you you could you could probably attest to that as well yeah definitely uh, for sure so so you, your journey started as a, a developer interesting yeah I, I often come across uh, testers where the journey generally starts around the functional space and then everybody kind of jumps ship into to autom- you either jump ship into automation or jump and then from there jumps out into development have you ever considered going back to being a developer um so and, and, and i'm not and i'm not suggesting that as an automation engineer you you're not a developer sure. because you're writing code and that's exactly what you're doing sure so i think initially you know there was maybe the thought that I might go back to it, but because there is so much development work involved now um, within kind of a quality or a testing context, the, the role of sort of automation has sort of been redefined to this SDET um, software developer in test sort of thing, right? So there's a lot more application now for just general development work and development skills within a testing context because Back then, it was kind of an unknown, but now it is being sort of adopted by many companies at scale. But the other thing is, I quickly figured out back then that there weren't many people that could really do it or that had exposure with it. And so I thought, if I stick around and and get half decent at this and try and innovate as much as possible, then, you know, you you factor in the the trade-offs and the costs, I suppose, between one thing and the other. But... I'm I'm really glad that I made that decision and I'm super happy doing what I do. Um, and I always, I just like that, you know, I like that there's always something new to kind of learn and there's always something that you haven't seen before. And there's always some crisis around the corner because I, I don't know, I just enjoy that kind of working environment personally. I'm going to ask you something very controversial. Sure. So do you think as a tester you should learn how to code? <laughs> I I think... Every person should learn how to code, regardless of whether they're working in IT or not. I just think it teaches you a particular way of thinking about problems. Um, so I just think it's got a general use case for everyone. Um, and that's not to say everybody, like 
there's knowing how to code and then there's knowing how to code, right? It doesn't mean now we all have to become solution architects and work at Google or something. It just means that I think anybody could benefit from knowing how to code purely because it teaches your mental model of approaching problems and thinking logically, but then also being able to, to be creative. And that, that's the thing that probably attracts me to, to software development more than anything else. It's, it's the ability to look at a problem from different perspectives and then, you know, be creative while you're trying to solve it. So I think in tech, if you are working in sort of the software industry, I, I think it's always useful to just know, even if it's fundamentals. But at the end of the day, we all have to pick, you know, the path that we, we want to go on. And, and some of those don't include necessarily being super um, involved with like a development practice or something like that. But I, I just think it's a good thing to know in general. What do you think? Yeah, I said controversial. Was we, we've spoken about this many times. And it, yeah, like you, you know my view on it. I think when it comes to, to, to testing in general, mm. my view is learning new things, like definitely constantly i think we should always be, be constantly striving towards learning new things whether or not a tester has the ability to to code or not um i don't think will impact them from being a good tester mm. um because th what that would do is allow them to potentially use tools to help them or support what they do as a tester but not necessarily not make them a good tester um it's probably support them in one or a few different aspects of testing but yeah ultimately not being able to code shouldn't or i don't consider it to be something that would either make a tester a good tester or a bad tester. in fact somebody could learn who knows how to code could probably be a bad tester um, I'm one of those. So yeah, people. very controversial. <laughs> I'm one of them. Like I don't have <laughs> any interest necessarily in, you know, mapping out like ACs and trying to determine, you know, test paths and so on and so forth. Like my my brain is just, it can do it, but it's not necessarily wired for it. Like I almost want to get that and then turn it into something, you know, using code, and and that's where the roles or the separation of, of concerns, I guess, happens, right? And and I totally agree with you. I don't I don't disagree with with that, but I just don't know if the industry um, is going that way. Like the more and more people I talk to, and the more and more companies I see talk about testing and and QA in general, it's almost starting to become a case of they assume you know both. And it doesn't mean you're proficient or a master at both, but you have like background, right? But the thing is, what is background? Because I can say, okay, I've got some automation experience because I've sat in my bedroom for six months and I've gone and Googled like how to automate stuff. But it doesn't really mean tangible working experience, right? Like in that scenario, it's a very different thing altogether. Um, which is, I guess, a topic probably for another day, but it is definitely something I'm picking up more and more. Um, so I just think it very much depends on the company or the environment that you're working in. Like philosophies are not the same everywhere, right? So one company is going to have a view and another company might have a very different view.
I'm not going to say which is right or wrong. I, I just think that there should be a common sense prevails um, way of thinking about things. And it's like, we want that in the end, but we have to understand the steps that have to happen before we get there. And I think that's probably one of the biggest mistakes that, that companies do make. And I mean, I've been in consultancy for a while. The reason why we're in a job basically is because companies tend to get that balance wrong, right? And I think you could probably say the same. A company will come and they'll say they need functional expertise or functional testing, but they've, they've kind of, it's, it's, it's caught before the horse. They started at the end and now they're almost trying to work backwards. And that's what I think happens a lot of the time. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Like talking about this topic is probably a separate podcast and um, we've had multiple conversations um, about this particular topic. And, and I started off saying that it's a controversial question <laughs> because of that. I think there, sure. there's people with so many different opinions about the concept of functional and automation and whether testers should be, be coding or not and what testing is. Um, and yeah, that on that particular thing, like if you could go back and speak to your younger self, like what are the things that you would tell your younger self, the younger Ross, I'm, I'm still young, Clint. into the world of <laughs> testing and automation. <laughs> well, the, the younger version yeah, of yourself. Like what, what are the things that you, yeah, like what are the things you, you tell that version of yourself to like maybe spend more time on or spend less time on or to do differently um, yeah. to have possibly helped your journey into testing? Yeah, so I, I think maybe I've got a bit of a different um, mindset when it comes to questions or answering questions like that. For me, I just have a theory that you should do what makes you happy in life. And uh, if, if software development or QA or BA or whatever that profession is, um, if that makes you happy, then you should probably just spend as much time learning and, and doing that as possible. Because... I mean, it's something you're going to do for a long time and, and you've got to enjoy the, the hammer that you're swinging, so to speak. So I've always just thought, like, if I could go back, I have no idea because, you know, seven or eight, ten years ago even, I had absolutely no idea what automation was. I had very little background in coding. Um, I was in school, so that's probably one of the reasons. But the other reason is just... <laughs> You've got to just try as many things as possible. I think if there's one thing I could say is be curious about stuff, try as many of those things as humanly possible, and then kind of see, A, what you're good at naturally, what makes sense to you naturally, and then B, what you enjoy, and then try and work out where that middle ground is. Um, that's honestly what I would say. Yeah, I, I get that. I think if, like, if I look back on my career now and I could go back, 12 years and and speak to myself uh, i think there's there's a whole bunch of things i probably would do differently mm. um yeah uh i think from a testing perspective i think one of the first things i probably and, and this is something that i've i've learned over the last couple of years to do and to do a bit better is to be able to articulate the purpose of testing <laughs> and, and what testing yeah. is i think like for for uh, and you've probably experienced this yeah. many times. I've I've experienced this literally through my entire career, and admittedly, in the first 
part of my career as a tester, this was something I, I struggled with, being able to articulate the purpose of testing and what testing is and, and how we do testing. Because a lot of the things that we do are not necessarily tangible things that you can see, mm. which makes it a bit challenging. And, and generally, people want to see that thing that you do, like automation, there's this, this tool that you use that does something and sure. the screen starts moving and there's a test that gets automated. We're in testing, like a lot of things kind of is, I wouldn't necessarily say is undervalued, but almost like forgotten about or probably people just unaware of and uneducated about. So getting to a point where you can articulate that and, and articulate that well will take a lot of pressure and relieve a lot of pressure and take a lot of pressure off your shoulders. Um, yeah, I think also being able to probably adapt to tools and different domains and, and, and people, mm-hmm. I think, would be would be something that I need to be more aware of and, and be better at. And But like, why are we talking about tools? Like, is there any specific tools that, that, that you think as a tester we should be using? Um, again, what, whatever gets the job done in in the in the way that makes sense. Um, I think I think too many. I've seen too many cases where people get caught in their own comfort zone by saying, and this applies to anyone in life almost. I mean, you know, in our world, devs, BAs, whoever uses any form of technology or, or uses technology to get something done will have a preferred set of tools, which is totally natural. Um, but I've, over the years, forced myself to be as open-minded and as adaptable as possible, where even if I have no understanding of that particular thing or project that I'm meant to do, I'll just say yes to it and then kind of figure it out because that way I'm forcing myself to keep learning, right? So. It's much more of an attitude and a mindset thing than it is an actual technical thing. Once you, once you have your core kind of technical principles laid out and you understand them and the foundations are there, you can then use that and then that translates into basically any domain, any form of, of testing or development work that you do, right? Um, you never want to be in a situation where you're relying on a tool or relying on a particular thing because one day that tool might not be there or the, you know, the project might not have a use case for that particular tool. They do things this way. And so the tool I prefer is the one that just gets the job done. <laughs> and that's honestly how I've also, always seen that, it, right? Like, I don't know, I, I guess there are differing opinions on that too, but you know, I just think being adaptable is more important almost than being knowledgeable sometimes <laughs> because you can learn. You can always learn. Yeah, but I, having that mindset I, of just trying complete, something is not normal for a lot of people, I guess. Yeah, I completely agree. I think I think it's why we get along so well, Ross. <laughs> I definitely completely agree. When it comes to the, 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 the concept of tools, of tools, I think people become so fixated on using tools and using specific tools yeah. for me i have no preference my, my my preference is is what works the best for the, the project we're on the reality is we'll work with different technology stacks across different projects and nothing will ever be the same and you basically need to find what works the best 
for that particular scenario and that's the tool that you use so yeah exactly. completely agree there um yeah i think some other things that i, I probably would tell my, my younger self is get involved in in the testing communities I, I don't think it's something that i did enough of mm-hmm. when when i was younger because that's probably some of the best places to learn at the moment um that being said i'm probably wasn't as aware of the communities that existed at the time um locally i know there were very few that that i could lean on 12 years back um yeah. i know locally there's the cape town testing community that's been developed and there's a slack channel for that um a very interesting community that i'm part of as well is ministry of test um they have a slack channel as well so i've i've been able to find lots of information there and lots of people willing to to help and answer questions in that in those communities and then yeah just doing research um i think people that i follow quite closely michael bolton james buck and the company that they run which is satisfies testing that has been super interesting and yeah i probably would have read more books suggested to my younger self to read a few more books uh, i think one of the books that i, I keep quite close to me yeah uh, the practitioner's guide to software test design by lee copeland a really interesting book um probably was less aware of of the contents of that book to what i am now and that's like something that i focus on a lot and yeah surprisingly in our own communities the the concept of test design and test techniques are or i'm surprised at how many people i come across that that just aren't aware of it um i would yeah read that book you can't go wrong and then i think a, another one introduction to general systems thinking by Gerald Weinberg also an excellent book on testing um yeah i'd probably get myself to learn how to do mind mapping a bit better um and how to map out ideas so yeah basically what you were talking about a bit earlier on ross so i think as a tester you're going to be doing a lot of those things as well and then yeah i think it's probably take spending a lot more time stressing about automation and thinking that automation was going to make me a better testing tester and spend more time becoming a better tester um yeah i think as as testers especially in the functional space we we get caught up in the the uh, the, the viewpoints of many that outside of our community and sometimes i think inside of our community as well on on how automation is used and, and what automation is and yeah i'd probably spend less time worrying about those things and then i think yeah communication skills i think as a tester that's probably like quite a critical skill being able to collaborate and communicate with with other people in your team mm. um being persuasive probably especially if you you're not doing automation sure. uh being persuasive with your with your colleagues persuading well if you need automation you add the skills in your team technically so yeah. persuade your team to assist with automation or if it's generating data or running things on databases and yeah like those are probably the things I'd go back and and speak to my younger self about uh, perhaps doing better or, or working on and then yeah lastly communication skills being being able to communicate with with other people i think is critical as a tester um collaborating with your team 
uh, trying collaborating with your developers, with, with other testers, with your BAs, with POs, getting information, speaking to clients, understanding how users use an application, like being persuasive, um, mm. being persuasive within your team, getting developers to assist with potential automation. And I mean, those automation things could be anything from helping to generating data or tools to help make testing more efficient where, where you as a tester, you, you don't have those development skills. Um, and yeah, 99% of the time, to be really honest, that's, that's helped me up until we now have automation engineers supporting us. Um, so yeah, I think communication is key as well. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, and as you were kind of reeling off that list of, of all the things you regret in your life, Clint, I was just thinking um, how opposite it almost is for myself, because obviously being in the functional side of things, you are, you are really right when you say, um, you know, being a good communicator definitely pays. If there's one thing more than anything, I think, especially in functional, because you're always you're kind of collaborating with, you know, the devs, BA, PO, whoever's involved, right? You've kind of got to be central to that, to that entire cycle. Um, and I think you also have to be quite outspoken. I don't think it pays to be kind of on the sidelines, guessing whether or not what you're doing is right or having an opinion and then keeping it to yourself. Because at the end of the day, it's your responsibility to ensure quality of the software, right? And so it's not, it's no good to then release that software and then something's not right. And then you knew it wasn't right, but you kind of decided not to say anything. And, and so that's why I think team dynamics and, and how projects are kind of managed from that perspective, it's super important to involve testing, um, whether that be automation, which kind of sits more in that dev area um, or functional, which sits almost more with BA and product, um, it's it's vital to get those two things aligned and, and working together. Um, and to almost emphasize it, because oftentimes I feel like, and it might be an attitude thing, or it might be a mindset thing where, like you mentioned earlier, a lot of the times functional testing is kind of seen as like, this afterthought, or maybe it's something that's holding us back because, you know, there's not this tangible evidence of, of what's happening, right? A lot of it goes almost unknown or unseen, really. Um, and as an automation engineer for myself, I think it suits my temperament or my personality really well because I'm very introverted and sort of I just want to be part of what's happening, but kind of be on my own in a way as well, half the time at least. So it definitely um, suits my temperament a lot more. I'm not really the type of person to um, say a whole lot if I don't think there's anything to say or anything that I can add, right? And so dynamics within a team, I just find that being, being an automation engineer or sitting in that automation sort of component just helps a lot just from like a personal perspective, because it actually allows me to do my job a lot better than, you know, if it was different, which doesn't mean I don't communicate or talk to anyone. Like that's definitely not the case. But I mean, for the most part, you know, you're not as involved with the things that a functional tester is involved with. And I guess that's part of why I enjoy automation 
Um, but that's not to say that, you know, there's a right or a wrong way to go about it. It's just kind of the nature of how it sometimes pans out, right? So yeah, to, to, to add to that, Russ, I think like as a tester, you, you need to be clear and direct and be able to tell a story well. You know, whether that story is about how you tested something or how you've discovered something, I think I think that's important. And being able to communicate that yeah. to your team. Um, yeah, completely agree. So something I've been thinking about, or I think about it every day almost really, but um, I guess I like to think about things sort of longer term and it might be, you know, interesting to hear your view on where you think testing is going to be, let's say, 20 years from now. And the reason why it's fun to do is because obviously no one knows, right? Um, but I guess it's it's just always yeah. good to think about things like that because, you know, it is ever-changing and you, you never want to kind of get left behind either, right? Yeah, very, very interesting question. So I'm sure you you yourself are very well aware of the talk of, of AI. Mm. And yeah, I've admittedly, like when it comes to the concepts of AI, a lot of what I've done is just researching the topic and, and reading about it. I haven't played as much with AI as I would have liked to. But in my, my opinion, I still think we will have functional testers in, in 20 years time. Um, the concept of, of AI, for example, is, I think, still very immature um, and still has a long way to go. I think as a testing community, things like automation will we'll probably get better at it. I'd like to think the understanding of how we use automation will get better um, rather than automation replacing testing we'll just use automation to make us more efficient in testing and and but yeah the, the the concept of of testing i think will i don't want to say it remain the same but we will have we will still have testers testing applications as long as we have human users using applications we mm. will have testers testing applications using intuition, using common sense, experimenting, coming up with ideas. I mean, those are all things that, that, that automation just can't automate. Sure. Um, yeah, what do you think, Russ? Um, so I, I guess I've got a different opinion on that. I believe the way it's going, being quite aware of what's happening sort of in the AI world, I suppose, machine learning, neural nets, um, I think the rate of change in that particular field is so fast that it's almost it's almost becoming like an exponential um, accumulation of of knowledge, which then results in change. And I don't think it's specific to testing per se. I just think the way we we develop software in the future is going to look really different, which could be an exciting prospect but i guess also terrifying you know if you need to still be in a job like 30 years from now but 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 regardless of that i mean i don't totally disagree with you i think quality is always going to be um valid and and important 
I just feel like we're in this process or we, we might be in the first phase almost of getting to an eventual point where um, if not everything, the vast majority of of that entire almost industrial field gets taken over by sort of intelligent systems which can learn a lot quicker than we can learn and um, they don't make mistakes. So that's that's the reason. I just think the, the level of efficiency and accuracy when it comes to um, you know certain AI-based or machine learning-based um, approaches, it's it's interesting, but I guess it does leave quite a, a big question as it relates to the future of, of an industry. Um, I think in 20 years' time, there will be some neural net or some intelligent sort of program that basically looks and intuitively picks up on what you know a particular application does and then works out how to test that application. And I don't think... I mean, in theory, it might sound quite out there, but I don't believe it necessarily is. I just think if enough people start working on that problem, I think you'd be amazed at, at how quickly the change might occur. Um, and that's just based on seeing applications of AI and, and, and neural nets and machine learning, you know, in other industries, like, for example, Tesla with self-driving. You know, if, if, if you can teach a car to self-drive and make decisions like that on a road, then I feel like there will come a point where, you know, um, you could probably teach a program how to, to test something or develop something. So it's, it's something I think about, but I think in the short term, probably, probably not. But it's, the, the reason why I think about it is because I'm trying to figure out a way to incorporate those principles and and that technology for my own benefit right to make my job and my life easier um so yeah i'd say that's probably my my opinion on that and uh, yeah i i expected that as our as as our lead automation developer but yeah i've i've lots of views on that i feel like this is probably a podcast on its own we could sure we could dive down into this rabbit hole on this topic alone um, but yeah, in closing to that comment, what I will say is AI or not, AI is, is software and somebody will need to be there to test the software to make sure that AI works. <laughs> so yeah, we, we, we're not going anywhere fast through that way. Uh, thanks, guys. Let, let's let's wrap it up there, Ross. I think we've, we've touched on a whole bunch of things where we could easily... Uh, probably kick off a podcast on those particular topics and yeah hopefully those will give us the direction for the next couple of talks we have um but yeah have lots of fun episode one done and dusted awesome how'd that go yeah really good man um awesome not intimidating or anything just kind of off the cuff in real time which is how i enjoy things in general so kind of suits me i think awesome thanks Ross. cheers guys thanks for tuning in chat to you the next time cheers At Hayfully Software, we build dev teams that deliver and fix those that don't. Dev teams fail to deliver all the time for countless reasons, from lack of skills to barriers and culture, from politics to process, from silos to egos. 
Whatever the reason, it's time they deliver. This is why we exist. From enterprise to startups, we craft high-performance dev teams focused on end-to-end delivery. Visit Hafley Software at OutsourceHS.com to learn more. You've been listening to The Agile CTO. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you're listening with Apple Podcasts, we'd love for you to leave a quick rating of the show. Simply tap the number of stars you think the podcast deserves. Until next time.